here, and welcome to episode 15 of the Drinkable Globe podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cialetti, and uh, I hope you're having a great new year so far. I know we're only a few hours into it, but I hope you're off to a good start. I know my 2019 is going to be pretty cool. Uh, in less than six weeks, my new book, Sakipedia, comes out, and you can pre-order that now wherever fine books are sold. And on this episode, I sit down with M. Sauter, who is the author of the book, Beer is for Everyone, of Drinking Age. Uh, it is a book done in cartoon format. Uh, M. runs the uh, site Pints and Panels, uh, which is also a beer-themed uh, cartooning site. Uh, she's a very talented cartoonist. She knows a fuck ton about beer, more than anybody I know, really. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I caught up with her in Denver at GABF a couple months back. Uh, we talk about everything from the plight of the drinks writer to Connecticut, where she's from, and everything beery in between. So here we go. Episode 15 of the Drinkable Gold Podcast with M. Sauter. Emily goes to JBF. <laughs> <laughs> Emily goes to JBF and basically burns every yeah, possible just, bridge. Yeah, never works in this town again. <laughs> You'll never work in Denver yeah, again. Good, okay, they live in Connecticut. No, and it's like, okay, now most people in Denver don't want to work anyway. They're just yeah. smoking weed. Yep. That's what I would do if I lived here, because it's legal and it's, it's okay. It's legal in Connecticut, too, isn't it? Decriminalized. Or decriminalized, it's not the same thing. You can go to Massachusetts. When I was in Massachusetts... Um, they have the like don't drive high billboards mm. and I've never seen that but I was just like what? because you get a speeding ticket essentially in um, Connecticut if you're caught with weed under an ounce so if uh, you have like a joint on you it's like 200 bucks oh just a speeding ticket really? How many, essentially how many I mean, points is it? we don't have points oh you don't do points we don't do points in Connecticut oh. so yeah you just do jail time? <laughs> yeah you just put everyone in jail a lot of court court arraignments and yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. My brother-in-law's a U. Just became a marshal. Like really? Court marshal, yeah. Like he's got to like fly prisoners around and shit. No, he's not there yet. He just passed the academy. He's the the, the police presence in the courtroom. So oh, if like someone somebody jumps, gets rowdy, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that has to like he leads him in, leads him out, has oh to like god. put him in the yeah. Oh my god, that's a scary yeah. job. And he was yeah. He used to work at a, actually lived in Denver. Worked at a correctional facility, a U like a youth correctional facility as the overnight security guard. That was his job. Over oh god. Yeah, for two years, and he said yeah, that was really tough. So I think Connecticut, it'll be tough, obviously. But yeah, we're not here to talk about my brother-in-law. <laughs> no. Try to talk a little louder too. Oh, okay. You're being a little. I mean, I know it's kind of weird. You don't want to talk loud in place. Yeah. I, mean, I don't like scream, but I just want to make what? sure. No, got it. I just don't want. I, I want to make sure you're talking yeah. over the people in the back. And John Hall and I. I was on his podcast, or I recorded it, but it was in a room like this, and he was like, "We can't use that." Or there was, like, construction going on. Oh, shit. So there was so much noise, and he was like, I... He's like, I thought it would work, and it did not. So. Yeah. I mean, and also, his his podcast is a little more polished, so I can understand. I mean, I don't like to have construction going either, but I'm just saying that... I mean, I just make one, drill noises the whole time. Well, there was one that I did um, down in New Orleans and um, when I was at Tales of the Cocktail, and they... Um, they set me up in the back room of this restaurant, and then there was this really loud fan going. And oh, then, gosh. But it's going for, like, the first 
eight or nine minutes. Oh, of and the then podcast. it stops. Okay. Well, then, and and I actually left in the part where I'm talking to the publicist. I'm like, hey, um, can, you think we can find a person who can shut this this fan off? Just so because mm-hmm. like when people know when this the noise stops, I want oh, them to yeah. know why it stopped. And, so and I and I do an intro like before everyone anyway. Like, oh, okay. Like right. well, like after I'll do the interview. Like before yeah. I post it, I do like a a one minute intro, and a lot of times I'll talk about some of the things that went wrong. Where with you're that. like in the yeah, there's a yeah. I remember there was a podcast. It's the basic beer brewing radio, beer base. I don't remember. And they uh, yeah, there's one where it's just like they're outside, mm. so there's just wind chimes. Uh-huh. It was actually kind of nice. That's kind of nice, yeah. yeah and they're like, we're really sorry for the wind chimes, and I'm like, don't, don't be, be sorry. sorry. <laughs> it was lovely. So they're like brewing outside, and there's just this like tinkle of wind chimes, no, and you're like, cool, oh, though. that's nice, you know. But he was like super apologetic. I was like, no, I liked the wind chimes. They were great. So. Did you go to the Sam Adams thing yesterday? No, I don't have a media pass. Oh. I only have a judge's pass. You could have still so. gotten into that. I probably could. I've been to that, and that's fun. Yeah. That's a good brunch. Marlowe's is closing. Did you know that? What? No. That's what said. Yeah, they, like um, Jim Cook announced yesterday, this is going to be the last one at Marlowe's oh because they're closing in December. He may have spoken at a school when he said that because oh. like, oh, am I allowed to announce that? Oh, so we're all like joking great. Everybody in the restaurant just, just realized they're getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing because they're getting fired. But... Yeah, that's. I've only been once, and I was so hungover. That's actually the crazy. So I'm having, I meet Jim Cook for the first time, and he's like, "It's great to meet you." Open bar, and I'm, I made the mistake of this was the first JBF that I was here all four days. I had been here. I went to JBF in '08 when you could just buy tickets like two weeks in advance. Yeah. Kind of like this year, actually, for Thursday. Yeah, actually, I noticed that Thursday was still this day yeah. of. It was still available. I couldn't believe that. I mean, it was so large. They make it so big. But, yeah. And so I went to JBF in 2008 with my cousin because um, she used to live in Boulder. She was going to school out there, and it was. This was the so 2010 was the first year I had a press pass, and it was. I had like three beers, but I was still staying with her in Boulder, so I had to drive, so I had a car. Mm. And I woke up that morning and I was so hungover. And then it never left. I was hungover for four days. Oh, God. It was awful. And so Jim Cook's like, open bar, great to meet you. And I'm like, no, I don't want. So I made, a, I made it was three-fourths orange juice and one-fourth Sam Adams. They used to make a crystal vice in. Oh, that sounds And then I was drinking, delicious. and uh, who sat down next to me and introduced himself but Stan Hieronymus. Oh, is that the first time you met him? That's the first time I met oh. Stan. And then he introduced me to Jay Brooks. Oh, wow. So and that's how I met. Network yeah. going on. And the first time I met Jay Brooks, I thought he was really mean. <laughs> really? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I kind of... I wouldn't say I thought he was mean the first time I met him. I, I found him, um, I almost want to say intimidating. Because yeah, he is intimidating. Which is crazy because he's like a, such a bear. Like oh, a yeah. huggable French fry eating bear. That's <laughs> right. You know, and with an adorable family and loving wife. Like he's amazing. I've stayed at his house. You know, he's a good guy. I'm, but I'm, it was like, yeah, it was very intimidating because they were doing a talk. Mm. And Stan was like, oh, let's hand out your comics, like, and whatnot. I had just started Pints and Panels. And uh, Jay was just kind of like, well, I don't know. And I was like... And then, like, the next time I met him, he was the nicest guy. And I was like, oh, why did I think you were so intimidating? Yeah, it's weird because I, I, the experience I had initially with him is when I went to the first meeting, my first meeting of the NAGBW. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right? North American, American Guild, Guild of, of Beer, Beer Writers. Writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, they need a better acronym. They yeah. really do. Nagwa. Nagwa. 
Um, but um, it, this was... It had to have been... Actually, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably six years ago, maybe uh, six and a half. It was at a CBC, um, and so I went to that meeting, and I, I can't remember what it was, but he was talking, and um, I don't remember if it was like everyone's going around introducing themselves, and he said something like, well, you haven't introduced yourself. Like, who are you? It was yeah, just sort yeah. of like, what, like, you what the fuck here? are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Uh, but then, you know, after that was fine. I mean, I got, yeah. kind of got to know him better when we were on He's the, the Belgium trip in 2013. So oh, it was like yeah. Four days on a bus and <laughs> with Jay Brooks. That's well, it wasn't just Jay Brooks. Yeah, it was just you. seventeen of us. But I mean, it was like you know, we were making so I got to know him a bit better. And a yeah, cool, he's great. He's a cool guy. But that was uh, my first like. But that's a sh- like that's a shame. I, that's the only like Sam Anna, and we were voting for the long. That's when they used to pick the long shot winner. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of putting, like, you put, like, your, like, fill out the slip and you put it in the box for the requisite. I forget which one I voted for. I don't remember who even won. But those are usually pretty good. Yeah. Some, it depends. I actually got to judge one year for that. Oh, um, in Boston? Yeah, I cool. mean, and it was only, uh, it was more of, like, a pity judge because it was, oh, like... Oh, stop it. No, no, because what happened was... Stop it. That's it, funny. It, it, it's it's. I think the year before I did that, um, I think John. I, I think Michelle was Michelle Diamandis was was rounding people up for that, and mm-hmm. um, and John mentioned me to her. It's like, oh, she's gonna be reaching out to you to judge Longshot this year. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. And um, that never happened, and then so it was like, and and then the following year. I was going up for the the 30th anniversary of Sam Adams. They did like a. Oh, they had a big party or something. Yeah, and, and um, Jay was there. Everyone blue, yeah, every, every the usual. The whole the yeah. whole gang. Um and um, so I was already there, and then and then Michelle asked me, "Oh, what time are you leaving tomorrow?" I'm like, "Oh, in the afternoon." And she's like, "Do you want to come judge long shot?" So I was like, I was totally like yeah. <laughs> the pity judge. The no, you weren't. No, but I mean the thing is, it's fine. I don't, I don't care. Again, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't judge that much. I don't have any certification to judge. I'm. It you know, probably was fun. It was fun, and I actually was like, um, the one thing that I was sort of, um, I don't know, vindicated is the word, but sort of, it was a bit of an ego boost. Was like, Jim Cook and I had a lot of the same notes oh, on that's some awesome. of the beers. So yeah. it's like, oh wow, I'm on the same page with him on these. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's cool to like when you judge, especially JBF, when people sit down and you're like. Oh, you're, you know, a big deal, um, and you've, you know, or you've earned it, like, you've been around for so long, and then, like, like, uh, my good friend Max, who's the education guy for Six Point, it's his first year judging, and he was at Peter Buchart's table, and Peter Buchart turned and be like, Max, what do you think about this beer? And he was just like, Peter Buchart just asked my opinion, <laughs> we're on the same level, and he was just like, he was so psyched, and it's fun to, like sit down with people and then like you know no you earned it you have to fill out like a crazy application you have to have three recommendations you have to wait x amount of years like and if you stink as a judge they look at all your sheets if you're not pulling your weight you're out yeah yeah that was my huge fear the first time because i really didn't fill i filled out the forms but it wasn't like as vivid i guess as i should have been and 
I was like, they're not going to ask me back. And Jay was like, Emily, they're definitely going to ask you back. You're fine. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. And then I, when I got the email, I was like, and then this year, it was the same fear where I was like looking at some people and they just write forever. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a brewing background. So, and yeah. you're not really supposed to give like technical, like, well, if you had done this. Yeah, no. That's not thing. really like, so it was more just like, I don't know. I was trying to be a, you know as objective as possible with what my knowledge is as a judge and it was fun to like it you don't feel intimidated by the people at your table because you also earned a chance to you know sit there and be yeah that's the thing is like you have to and again i i i too often feel like it's i don't know if it's imposter syndrome or whatever or just plain old being an imposter but (laughs) yeah but you've been in the drinks business so i knew know a lot no the thing is i have um but it's weird because I had been writing mostly just about the business for a long time. I yeah. wasn't, you know, I was tasting the stuff as much as anybody, but I wasn't, for the longest time, I wasn't necessarily paying attention to what I was tasting. I was like, I know what I would like and I know yeah. what I didn't like. I started having, like, my go-to styles and things like that, but I wasn't taking notes and I wasn't like... And know. that, yeah, but that's how a lot of people start, where they, like... Like, I, my first beer that I really loved was Sam Adams White Ale, and I love that beer. They don't make it anymore, which is stupid. Um, and you have this beer that's super good, and then you're like, oh, I like this, now I'm going to try this. Mm. Oh, I like, you know, oh, if I like this, then I'll like this. Oh, if I like, like, I don't really like smoked beers, but then I had some good smoked porters, and so I'm like, oh, maybe if I liked... So yeah, it's just like a natural like evolution and progression of drinking, and then you start taking notes. You know. Yeah. I didn't go to like beer school. You know, I was I was at a sports bar getting drunk when I had that Sam Adams White Ale on the Super Bowl, the night of the Super Bowl in 2006, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what did I just drink? And that was life changing. Like it was real crazy. Well, what's what's funny is um, the one thing that actually makes me feel a bit better is in Lou Bryson's book Tasting Whiskey, where he talks about when he. Uh, you know, I I just have this this image of Lou that he was just he had whiskey and beer in his baby bottle. You know, I, yeah. I figured he just like always knew yeah. how to taste things, but it was yeah, like like a mobile of old granddad. And <laughs> but no, he talks about when you know it was only in the mid '90s that he started doing whiskey, mainly because what was it? Malt Advocate was going to start doing whiskey all of a sudden when it was just beer and then oh, and then okay. it became a whiskey became, Some, yeah. something like that i can't remember if it was the same magazine but it was definitely john hansel mm-hmm. but i don't know if it was a different magazine anyway and he, he talks about like sort of his frustration and the things that he thought he was supposed to be tasting he wasn't yeah. and then suddenly there was finally this one moment tasting a whiskey he's like i tasted fudge finally well that makes me feel a bit better because a lot of times when you know when i'm in these tasting situations not necessarily judging but just at a tasting and people were like oh i'm getting this and i'm like uh yeah it's uh it's malty (laughs) and that it's practice i mean there's off flavors that i didn't even know existed that i'm like wow these like those beers that have like green pepper in them and i'm like oh i know that's a pyridine issue and like I didn't know what a pyridine was until like six months ago when I started studying for the Master Cicerone exam and like you know what you're tasting and then there is a chemical component for almost everything which is really fascinating and no it's just you just gotta like keep drinking and then the more you drink responsibly obviously you know and don't get like blotto yeah uh, because then you're not helping but the more you drink the more you're gonna learn and the more you're gonna know what you like and then you're gonna go oh what is why does this beer taste like 
popcorn. Oh, that's diacetyl. What is diacetyl? Oh, well, it's like a yeast problem. And then you start getting into the science part and you just become a better drinker, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I don't expect every consumer to, like, take organic chemistry, for gosh sakes, but if you know your certain off flavors and you know, like, when you go to a bad bar and your beer tastes like sour butter, oh, this beer bar obviously has a line infection. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing where you, like can tell them but not really because it's kind of like oh your beers are i had a bad experience the only time i've ever sent i've sent two beers back in my entire life really one was at a bar a good beer bar in eugene oregon mm-hmm. where i was like this has diacetyl in it i'm not drinking this and so i sent it back and the guy was like absolutely no problem we'll get you another beer second time i was at a bar in connecticut and it was a there was a stone enjoy by, and the enjoy by date was like two days off, and it just was really cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to drink this. And we have our, we have a very good friend who'll drink anything, and he took a sip. He's like, I don't even want that, and I drink everything. He said that, so wow. like, yeah, because he'll he'll really drink everything. Um, and I went to the manager who I was acquaintance with, and I was like, this tastes bad. And he went, No, it doesn't. And I said, It does. I don't want this. <laughs> and he went, It tastes fine to me. And then that guy never talked to me again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, and so that's the weird, like, he was just like, nope, you know, I don't agree with you. And I'm like, but the customer is always, always right. And he was just like, no. So it's a weird balance where, like, I don't know if something was wrong with the keg or it was old or it had been mishandled because it's a good beer bar. But, you know, it's such a weird, delicate balance where, like, there's so much beer on the shelf. Like, how do you know what's good or what's old? Like, you gotta train people to, like, look at born-on dates and best-buy dates and, like, learn the Julian calendar, which apparently there's an app. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what someone, because I was like, who should learn the Julian calendar? And, like, it was a, when was judging, he was like, oh, there's an app. It was one of the BJCP judges. Like, you should get the app. And I'm like, I don't need to get, shouldn't get an app to buy beer. <laughs> I should just be able to, like, go in and go, like, and it's just, there's just so much, there's just so much beer. I'm, I get overwhelmed. This, this festival this year, I feel, for the first time, I feel overwhelmed. I don't know why. I've always wanted to go to Oktoberfest. I went once. I want, you go once. That's all you need, You go once, and then you're like, why are all these Australian passports on the ground? Okay, (laughs) I'm good. Um, No, it's a total shit show. It's just Yeah, that's what, yeah. It's they just have a to glorified uh, carnival. My Australian friend said they have to open an embassy. <laughs> just because of just all the people who who lose their stuff, yeah, in Australia, yeah. international incident. Yeah, so they have to send in like an embassy and open at that time just for the fest uh, because it's just such a. My sister went um, along like eight years ago. I just want to go like a Tuesday like afternoon. You yeah, know? you go funny. get a reservation in like a tent somehow. Drink a giant fest beer, eat a sausage, maybe ride the Ferris wheel, and then be like, okay, get on the train bank to, like, another t- city that's far, far away from the visa, like, craziness yeah. of uh, the meadow, you know? And But I've only been to the Munich airport, so I can't really... I've never been to the city of Munich, but... Um, yeah, it's a fun city. I mean, I've been a few times because I... I I used to go to Drink Tech, that big trade show oh, out there. It's okay, every yeah. four years, and I went to three of those when I was at Beverage World. And the first year is when, because they do it, they, they it ends like at the beginning of Oktoberfest. Oh, so, well, that's probably smart. Well, they time it with that, yeah. yeah so, that's smart. Um, 
There's it an also actual... makes it even more expensive to be there. That's the other problem. Yeah. But I mean, it's. Um... That's why I would like take the train in and then like stay. Yeah, like, I mean, you can stay in, like out. Nuremberg. You're like yeah. 40 minutes away or something. That's and Nuremberg's a, a really nice city. I enjoy Nuremberg. Nice. Um, I've only been to Cologne. That's the only city in Germany I've ever been. Well, Cologne. I mean, thing is, I was in Cologne when I didn't appreciate Cologne, and I really wish because I was there more than 10 years ago. Got it. Before. When I was still like really into Belgian beer, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually it, it was we split up the trip with Cologne and and Belgium, so it was like you know I re- so I didn't have a, unfortunately back then I didn't really have a lot of uh, appreciation for good German styles, and now I long to go back. I mean, we were drinking. Yeah. We were, of course. Yeah, you all you're drinking Kolsch. is Kolsch. They bring it to you in the yeah, the little, little cup. Yeah, yeah the and little then that was, and, and I thought that was neat, but it, I I didn't fully appreciate it because now I am always on a quest for like the perfect Kolsch or Kolsch style. Cause yeah, most of them drinking. From I here, judged but, Kolsch's at JBF this year, and they were, you know, it was fine. But you like longed for like we were all talking about how much we longed to go because I think almost everyone at the table had been to Cologne. And um, I went, actually, as a day trip to break up. We went to Belgium. This was two years ago, two Septembers ago. Mm. And um, we took a, a bullet train from Brussels to Cologne. And then we got there at, like, 9 in the morning. I think Fra opens at, Fra opens at like, 10. Mm. Walked around a little, had breakfast, and then, like, sat outside... And they bring you the little cup, and you're just like, just oh my coming. gosh, and it keeps coming until you put your coaster on the top of the glass. Yeah. And we went, and we had like, I think we had two at each of all the like ones in the old city, and it was a beautiful day, um, like 80 degrees. We walked along the Rhine, everyone was outside. I was, I really, uh, I really enjoyed, and the, their Cologne soccer team was playing that afternoon. Oh, perfect. I forget who they were playing. I think they were playing Dortmund or, or Dortmund. So like, uh, beers. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, and then we were at, ended at Reisdorf next to the train station and everyone's like shouting and like, it was, it was awesome. I really, really, I would, I love Kolsch. I like, yeah, I do too. Again, like, it's like now one of my top three or five favorite styles and it's like, I was in Cologne yeah. drinking it and that's all I was drinking, but it was like, yeah. I just was like, oh, this is no Belgian beer. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, I want to go to Cantillon again and whatnot. But like, um, I want to time travel and go back and beat the shit out of my yeah. older self, <laughs> my younger self. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go to um, Dusseldorf next. I think. Go yeah, I was there. I was. I was actually on that same trip. Cause oh, like, like, well, the, they're like 20 miles. Yeah, from each other. the the event, the actual, the reason I was, I was actually staying in Cologne for a trade show that was in Dusseldorf, but Dusseldorf, there's such a dearth of of lodging options and they've got this mm-hmm. huge trade show they just can't accommodate it and like if got you it. wanted to stay there it's <laughs> oh, like yeah. 500 dollars a night so i ended up staying in cologne and there's you know they have the the high speed inner city train it takes you 15 minutes um so i also had a car so i drove on some of the days but um but yeah Dusseldorf, and I, I guess i did at that point i i I was a bit more into alt beer than I was into Kolsch. At least I did appreciate the alt beer when I was there. But, yeah. But I just feel bad that I like I sort of let Kolsch down when I was in Cologne. I mean, there was beers that I really liked a long time ago. You become like a palates change. Yeah. Like I, when I started drinking, I really didn't like IPAs. But of course, that was like two thousand and five, two thousand six, when there were a lot of like 
East Coast IPAs based mostly on like an English IPA style. Yeah. So you've got like it's very like floral, almost perfumey, mm-hmm. and they're malty, and sometimes they're off balance. And I was like, I don't want those. And then when I moved to Oregon, they're all West Coast where they're like pine bombs, and they're all like eight percent, nine percent alcohol. And so just like I kind of stayed away from IPAs. I, I feel like I'm like the only like drinks writer i guess that like i love a good new england ipa maybe it's because it's I'm, okay you're from, I'm from new england, from new england you're, you're and allowed. i'm like hey we did it uh you know i mean I, don't, I, I just they're so easy to drink for the most part they can be lazily made and they can be chunky and weird and they're they're a lot more nuanced than like people give them credit for because there's so many of them but and they can be really sweet where they border on when they burn too they can like have this like dry humping like fusel like it's like you're almost doing like a shot and you're like mm. oh, i don't want that um but when they're made really well, they're so good. And they're so refreshing and pleasant. I just, I really enjoy, I also, the low bitterness, that's the thing that I really like about them. And the bigger mouthfeel, because I like oatmeal stouts and whatnot. I like yeah. those kind of styles. Um, I really, really enjoy the, like, juicy movement. And a lot of people are like, eh, I think it's changing. I don't know. And now there's the Brute IPA, which I don't think anyone's asking for. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, where did this? I, I had one yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a fine beer. It tastes like a we, really dry West Coast. But like, where the consu- where's the consumer demand? I also think that, and I know it's mostly marketing, but why does everything have to be called an IPA? That's true. When a you're getting so far, I mean, like, I mean, New England IPA is its own thing. It really, it's you can barely call it an IPA. It, yeah, it was what was there was a really good tweet someone had where it was like all beer, all IPAs are beers, but not all beers are IPA. Like it was just kind of like I think IPA is a thing. It's almost like its own like people know they like ales or they like lot when they're like a casual drinker. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I know I like IPAs. And so you look for that. And that's why people, that's marketing. Yeah. Like, yeah, just like yeah, you said, it's where totally it's marketing. like all marketing. Whereas, like, a New England IPA's bitterness, IBU, it can be like 10. And it's not an IPA, it's like a fruit juice beverage. But you hop the crap out of it, and people are looking, you're looking for that. I, people want IPAs. And so you just call it an IPA. Oh, yeah. No. And I, I always. You know, I'm always on my rants about IPAs because it's my least favorite style, but that's my own personal preference. But I, I get the fact that it is still the biggest craft style there is. And, oh, yeah. And it will be for a while, and, you know, I, gotta, yeah. I have to deal with that, and I'm fine with that. I just wish that every tap and some That's yeah, going to a bar and you're like, I like IPA, so I'm like always looking for like a good, you know, I get a cup, you know, a cup, ask, can I have some samples and try to find a good one? Um, but, I mean, it's so crazy how fast the progression's going. Like, look at five years ago, everyone was like black IPAs, red IPAs, yeah. white IPAs, and I can't even find you. I, I saw one black IPA, you know, or like, and then I had one red IPA, you know, it's all haze, haze, haze. And then what's the natural, like, what's going to change? Like, if you had told me five years ago that, um, that like we would be all be drinking like things that look like orange juice, I would have yeah. been like, what the, yeah, people always at, they're like, where do you see the beer world going? And I'm like, no one knows. Yeah. 
And if they do know, they should invest in it. <laughs> yeah, well, remember, a few years ago, people were saying sour is the new hoppy. I'm like, yeah. well, no, hoppy is still the new hoppy. It's just... <laughs> it's just a different kind of hoppy. And sour, it's like goat fruited gozas yeah. are really... And then, like, if I was going to drink a beer that I really like that tastes like blueberry pancakes that I had yesterday, um, people are brewing with spaghetti that tasted like a michelada that I oh did. i heard uh, yeah whose was it i need Kate to find that uh spaghetti the weldworks spaghetti goza and Wait, then they, who's the brewer weldworks weldworks it's um, a spaghetti goza so they added i asked jay and i asked the owner how he did it and they added pasta into the mash tun really actual pasta actual huh? pasta and they said that i was the clean because gelatinized because of the heat it actually didn't in, um so you get that sort of starchiness it's to really it. starchy and then they add real tomato and real basil into the fermenter <laughs> oh wow um it tasted kate Bruno said it tasted like a michelada and i don't like micheladas and i was like i don't want that i had a one sip and i was like nope uh, not for me I, well I, made and i can like, do a michelada sometimes i think you know interesting but not I don't want, but they had a, they had the only beer that I've ever had that the whole like milkshake style thing. Yeah. I'm not really like, it's not my thing. Just don't really like them. But theirs was really good. It was oh, the okay. first one that I was like, I would drink a pint of this. It was like a pina colada IPA, which sounds not great, but the underlying coconut with the tropical fruit and the like juiciness of the hops. It worked really, really that's well. That's Weldworks, too? Well, that's Weldworks, too. Oh. They have a crazy line. They have, like, a special line just for people with badge people. The people I'm staying with are, like, obsessed with Weldworks. So I was like, ah, I will bring you to meet their owner. I judge with him. By the way, we've been doing this for over a half hour. I haven't really introduced you yet. Oh. Even though, <laughs> I mean, not that I have to because I do an intro anyway, but yeah. I'm just saying... Uh, great to have you here, M. Sauer. Ah. Like, M. Emily, what do you prefer? And uh, you're, you're, it doesn't matter. M. is fine. Because your yeah. your M. Sauer is on my is book. M. Yeah. yeah so, but um, so yeah. So yeah. welcome. You're Thank a, you. You're a an advanced cicerone. Yes, I am. Uh, all right. So let's talk about your book. Oh yeah. So that's well, first of all, uh, talk a bit about pints pints and panels first because sure. like. Uh, we kind of just jumped into this. No, like, we were just yeah, we were all over the place, yeah. which is fun. No, it's good. That's the way I like it. This is yeah. one of the more like I've had to ask the least number of questions. And this is exactly how I want it to be. So, good. Um, so Pines and Panels is my website that started eight and a half years ago, um, where I review in air. I'm, I'm doing air quotes. Um, review beer. I'm kind of leaning away from that. Where it's more of just like beers I like, mm. um, some commentary about the because the current beer scene is just very silly and there's a lot of like hot takes and whatnot. So I kind of mm. want to like veer my comics into more of like education and like and some commentary, maybe some criticism um, and whatnot. But and away from reviewing beer. But I've been doing that for eight and a half years, and then I wrote a book called Beer is for Everyone of Drinking Age, which came out in October. And you just um, won an award. And I just won third place um, for the North American Beer Writers Guild Awards for Best Book, um, with, uh, you know, second was Pete Brown. <laughs> and I was well, like... That's, that's, yeah. And third was Josh Noel, and I'm like, that. his book is supposed to be really that Anheuser the Goose Island book supposed to be amazing. The like barrel aged stout and selling out. Oh yeah, I haven't read it. But I haven't read it either, so but I really it. want to buy it. Um, and I was like, that's a really great company to be in. It was really. And then Stan Hieronymus messaged me on Twitter to congratulate me, and I was like, this is like, yeah, this is wow. Like it's been really great, and it was so much fun to do and draw. Mm. It's a very like, 
here are some beers that I really like that fall under like certain categories. It's very like beer 101, kind of pushed towards people who don't really know where to start with beer because beer books can be like tasting beer is a great book but can be a little technical um or like beer 101 books where you're like this is a mash ton where it's like (laughs) don't dumb it down you know i mean my book is illustrated almost like a children's book but i don't try to dumb it down um so it's a very nice like it was a lot of fun to do and i really enjoyed making it and i'm hoping to do another book Hopefully, I'm not sure. After I take the exam, I haven't, um, my agent was interested in an idea I had, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I was like, oh, all right. So I'll work on the proposal, do that full time, try to, like, get that punched out, so. Your proposals yeah. suck. <laughs> proposals are the worst, especially when you're a cartoonist, because you basically have to draw 20 oh, pages of right. the book. Jesus Christ, It's I not just writing. <laughs> so you're like, well, I have to basically create a whole chapter, and that takes forever. I and mean, that took a really long time with my um, with my first book. And then you got to wait, and then the waiting is the worst, because it takes a while, depending. At least with my agent, it took a while, but it was... You know, it was, you know, he's, like, one like one comic at a time. If there are books in his, like, possession that are similar, he's not going to push them all. He wants to give them their equal weight. He mm. doesn't want to overwhelm people. So, yeah, there's a book that's, like, very similar to one book that I had, like, talked to him about. That he was like, until I get this book off my desk, like, I can't talk to you. And I was like, that's fine. So... But it was, um... So, yeah, that came out last October, and it sold okay. Okay, and you know, as books go, and I'd like to reach okay at some point yeah, with my uh, book sales. <laughs> I don't know what okay. Well, okay to me was like I was like mentioning like how many books I sold to a friend of mine. And he's like, that's a lot, and I'm like, no, it's not. But like, it's you know, I, but the fact that you can do one book makes means you can probably it's easier for the most part to do another one if the idea is strong. Yeah, I would, I yeah. would hope you know, and that's I've got one under my belt. Yeah, I like, mean if. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. I was going to say, as long as, like, all that matters is if your publisher's happy with the way it's selling, they'll mm-hmm. give you another book. Books don't sell. They no, just... but books don't sell for one thing. No books. Yeah. I, I've heard, like, celebrities complain about book sales and, like, not yeah. meeting. Of course, their advances are yeah, crazy. well in the yeah. six figures. Some are seven mm-hmm. figures. And, yeah. you know, they, that they don't satisfy the advance. And, mm-hmm. I, that's, you know, that's, you got to sell a fuck yeah. ton of books to... To, yeah. to do that, but you know my advances are pretty small, and mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of risk with my books out there. But it also, I think that the the issue with that is when there, it's a weird, and I think I think the problem is we we are we published our first books probably at the wrong time in the history of book publishing. Yeah, no one's really like no one goes to a bookstore now and like buys a book off the shelf. Even five, For ten years ago, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, is not a lot of people are reading books. There are certain beer books that kind of get put in a place where they constantly sell, like, your tasting beer or, like, the Beer Bible, Jeff Allworth's book. Um, and that's those are both amazing books. So you kind of have to be like, well... You know where where do where do I fit in in the beer? And there are so many beer books out there. Just putting a book out now is like it's there's a certain masochism to doing it. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I've I really cartoon. It's a illustrated books are different. Yeah. For the most part, like I don't have any word counts. I have a page number that they asked me to hit. I didn't hit it actually, but no one. But my publisher didn't say anything about like they didn't care. Uh, for the most part, um, 
they mostly publish, like, they do translations of Japanese manga. Yeah. They don't publish beer books, so it was a little off-brand for them, so I didn't know how, I don't think they knew how to, like, promote it, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, they published my first book, and so it was really exciting and cool to, like, get it in the mail and be like... Oh, yeah, that's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I did this, this is a thing I did. Um, there's certain things in it that I don't like and that I wish I could change, oh, but God, yeah, everyone has that in books, you know. I want to I want to erase my entire first book. Yeah. And that's that's probably the one that's done the best and people tend to cite to me more mm-hmm. than anything else and I'm like if I could rewrite that whole fucking book I yeah. would. Cuz mainly because I've learned so much since I wrote that. But yeah, no, it's it's I'm never going to stop doing books myself none of us should i mean i think we need to do it it gives us street cred it gives us everything else yeah it was, it's fun to do and then with illustration you get to like draw posters there's other there's other like avenues um and stuff that you can do yeah so that was it's yeah it's been interesting um leaving and not like working nine to five anymore or well all the time because i was doing social media but it's been like, what do I, how do I fit into this picture in the world of beer, and what's best utilized for my time? Yeah. And so it's like, and then how can I make a living? Because you know, there's beer. You know, beer isn't a very. You know, this isn't a huge lucrative profession unless no. you're like Ken Grossman or Kim Jordan. When we're not. And there, um, there aren't going to be any more Kim Jordans or or. Kim yeah, Grossmans. I mean, like there's the breweries like Weldworks where they have line. You know, and they or Treehouse. You know, but these breweries are anomalies. Yeah. You know, people shouldn't go into the beer industry and be like, I'm going to be a millionaire. No. Which is, no, you're a tradesperson. You're making a fermented beverage for the masses. You're a food, you know, you're making food, essentially, um, just like a baker or a carpet, you know, or a carpet, you're a tradesperson. And so it's like, there's such a weird, and if you do it poorly, no one's going to buy your bread or use your making, put put in shitty, you know, cabinets, you know, you've got to make a high quality product and it's just... I don't want breweries to, like, close or, like, I'm not one of those people that's, like, we've reached the bubble because I don't think that's a real thing. No, Um, no, no, no. I just think that lower customers will learn about quality, you know, and they're going to become smarter. One would hope, I would assume. Like, I'm not like I know everything about beer or whatever, but it's, if we can get there, then we'll be all right. You know, and then the worst brewery, you know, the, the brewery that I think is not the greatest in the state has expanded multiple times in Connecticut. So people obviously like what they're doing. Does their beer taste like diacetyl all the time? Yeah, but they've still expanded multiple times. So it's like there's also that other side of the coin where there's more bad beer. Well, is that mainly because they've got some good partners that are feeding I them have, money? <laughs> I'm going to go with no. I don't think so. Uh, then that, could, that could just be private equity where they don't know yeah. dick about beer and they're just Yeah, the board is money. like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, you need more tanks? Sure, here, yeah, go for it. And they, like, you know, I, like I said, I don't know wine, and I'm sure I've drank bad wine, but I don't know good wine to bad wine and there's like a million wineries and they all seem to be doing okay granted you can ship wine and wine is more shelf stable for the most part whereas beer to me i I always stress that hops are essentially a vegetable like a a flowering um 
you know, a, it's a it's a pro almost like produce. Yeah, no. And the fact that you buy beer on a warm shelf, you know, that's sitting in front of like a, like a window, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong. Or like, how was it shipped from the brewery to the distributor? How long did it sit in that hot truck? How long did it sit outside? How how is this like the store keeping it? There's just so many factors. So when you go and you have a good pint, like so it's like a throwing a dart at a dartboard like and not being good at darts like or anything it's mm-hmm. very it's a it's such a gamble which stresses me out a little i don't know why that's why people buy beer at their brewery you know local brewery that's yeah. why local works because you can go and there's not that much of a gamble if the beer is good yeah, and that's the, the thing part. is like people, um, breweries that are open up now, as long as they focus on local <laughs> and not worrying about conquering the nation. And yeah, like, if you're going to open a brewery and you're going to be small and independent and your beer's high quality and you like, you know, dogs and kids outside, we make a hazy juicy, but we also make a pilsner and a porter, then this is what we want to do forever, then cool. Great. I'm all about it. I get stressed out when, and I didn't used to, but now I get stressed out when I get press releases, whether it's a brewery that is, oh, we're in five new states or whatever, or, yeah. or, a, or a distillery, because I do a lot of spirit stuff. Mm-hmm. Distillery, it's like, oh, they just signed a deal. They're going to be in, you know, 12 new states now. And I'm, it stresses me out because I'm thinking, yeah, that means they're going deeper into debt because they've had to expand their capacity. And it's like. Well, they're looking for growth. They're yeah. looking for organic growth, and you can get it by going into another state. How long will that organic growth last? Because you get a bump. You yeah. get like an automatic bump and be like, look, we've grown 30%. Uh, look, we've grown 40%. But you went into a bunch of new states. How long is that growth sustainable? And that's what a lot of people, they see, oh, we need to hit our numbers. We'll go into X amount of states, and then we'll hit those numbers. Yeah. But what if your beer, what if you don't, what if you go into a state and no one buys your beer? Then you just have crappy beer on the shelf. And someone's going to buy that and they're going to go, ugh, this beer's terrible, this brewery sucks. There are some national chains that have gone, that have been grandfathered in, I find. You've got your, or have just risen above the fray with luck and, you know, good, good marketing and good beer. Like, you've got Firestone... Victory for the most part. Um, I'll drink a Prima Pills any day of the week. Um, but when I worked in Oregon, we'd get Prima Pills, and by the time it got there, it was kind of old, mm. and it never sold, um, which was a shame because I was like, this beer is amazing, and then I'd have it, and I'd be like, oh, I should just drink an Oregon Pilsner. And then you've got, like, Sierra Nevada and whatnot. So, like, these there are certain beers that are, like, Allagash White. You know, you have these certain beers that are, like, grandfathered in that are usually very good you're yeah. like oh these are i so i remember someone called them panic beers where you're like i have like <laughs> yeah you're like they're 50 temps and you're like i don't i don't know any of the oh sierra nevada pale i want that so like That's there's a, a, yeah. i never thought of panic beer. That's cool. yeah i was in a bottle shop in um rhinebeck new york and i was like oh what do you like to drink and the girl behind the bar was like She's like, oh, well, this is my panic beer. And I was like, what the hell is that? My panic beer. And so I, I was like, I'm going to steal that because I really like that concept of, like, in a row of all these temps where I don't know what is that. I don't know what that is. And, like, you can – the lucky thing is, like, you can ask for a sample for the most part. Sometimes the bartender is going to roll their eyes at you if you ask for a bunch. 
I was at the Philadelphia airport with a layover, and the I was like, can I try the following beers? And the guy was like, fuck off. Like, he was so upset. Because <laughs> I had local stuff, and then I tried it, and it was too high alcohol. Or it was not, didn't taste good. I didn't like it. And then I ended up not ordering any of the beers I tried, because I had Evan Fitzgerald from Great Lakes on draft. You know, oh, I want that. That's a good panic beer, right? I don't want any of the other things. I know that's going to be good. I don't have to try it. Oh, yeah, Edmund Fitzgerald, I would say that would definitely be so one of my good. panic beers. It's in I... my book. I love that beer. And Elliot Ness, too. Elliot, is... yeah, I mean, Great Lakes, for the most part, makes really good beers. That's a great brewery. Um, but, yeah, like Allagash White when you're at a bar. I don't know. I'll get who you got an Allagash White. I want that. Or, like, yeah, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. There are certain beers that are, you know. Oh, that those are beers that are you know will be high quality and you know will be good for the most part, unless the draft lines are gross or you're at some like weird place um, where the keg is super old. Which those beers usually go pretty quick. So there's just so much stuff. People will default local. I mean, my town has seventy five thousand people in it, and we have two breweries that have both opened in the past year. Uh, one is better than the other, but they're both packed all the time. Mm. You know, and it's not cheap to go there and have a beer. You know, it's like six, seven dollars a pint, because um, everything in Connecticut is expensive. Yeah. Um, but it, the pace is packed, and it's packed with all manner of people, children and the old people, and you know, every all different people. And it's just a really like, it's a very fun. It's like our the everyone always says that like the the brewery's like a pub. You know, yeah. where we go and like have a beer, and there's some maybe there's trivia or. Because I host trivia at Five Churches, which is the uh, one of the local breweries in oh, my cool. town. Um, just my neighbor owns a pub trivia company, and he was like, want to make 100 bucks every week? And I'm like, sure. They have 22 teams a night, like every Monday. And it's, it's very taxing. Um, and that place is so crowded that mm. people have to stand to do trivia. And they didn't, they weren't open on Mondays, but they opened just for trivia, and it's such a boon for them. And so there's, like, stuff to do, and sometimes they have music, and sometimes they have festivals, and, like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's the pub, it's the meeting place. And as long as the beer is good, more places should open like that. So, so yeah. Let's, yeah, let's actually, um, since we're, we don't have to wrap up, I just want yeah. to move it to the, since we already, because, like, you know, travel's a big part of this. You already sort of talked about Cologne, so we got the international part of it out of the way. Um, although um, you had your honeymoon in Italy, correct? How was oh, that? yeah. So tell me about some of the places you drank and ate. And- so it was partially in um, southern Italy, which is not a big beer. It's more yeah, wine than food, beer. Though, and the so food, though. I, I haven't been the farthest south I've been in Italy is Rome. So I've, I've yet to get down to, like, Naples. or. We flew into Naples, and then we went to the Malfi Coast for a week. And it was just, like, tomatoes and, like buffalo mozzarella oh. every day and like and there's just lemons everywhere growing all <laughs> year round and you're like lemon desserts and grappa and ah, grappa. yeah and you know it's mostly just peroni but it's also 80 degrees it's hot yeah and so you're like yeah i'll take a three euro peroni at the beach that's fine are they peroni makes this like lemon soda and lager combo called peroni chill and it's in a green bottle and it's one euro a bottle but it's when it's so hot it so was, like a shandy kind of yeah deal? it was like their version of a shandy a or a rattler i guess but it was so good <laughs> and i was like these are really good i shouldn't tell anyone that i like these but they were really hey, really good it's all about the context yeah. the experience experience where you are what you were drinking that kind of i'm a huge fan of that i had like a couple craft 
beers from the area because there was a restaurant that was like craft beer and i was like well i gotta know what that's about because yeah. just i'm curious and it was all right it wasn't like it wasn't off or weird it was just kind of like oh this is fine um and then when we went to we took a train to milan yeah. uh from naples and then milan has such a great beer scene so we went to Lembrate, which is like a brew pub and it has a it's decorated like a british pub so it's all like old wood and stained glass oh god um and you're like where are we? and you order and they made a goat i had their goza and it's big and it's um 20 it's imperial pints so like big 20 ounce glasses um and i had their goza and it was more leipziger so it wasn't as sour as they are here and it was excellent and they had um all the beers were an extra euro and then they had a buffet and that extra euro gained you access to the buffet so there's pasta salad and chips and cook and snacks and like and that was our dinner you know and like just vegetables and like all this greasy and we were just sitting there like and it was super hot when we were in Milan. The entire they were having a huge heat wave. Oh yeah. It was really really hot when we were there. We had packed like sweater, you know, like Milan in April is supposed to be kind of chilly. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. That's, that's like it was like eighty like degrees. The there. Yeah, and then we went into Lake Como, and it was like just as hot. So we were there for three days, and Lake Como is only like a couple of miles, a couple of kilometers from Switzerland. Yeah. So there's just so much like hot giant Hofbrau leaders. Um, and all this like German Pilsner and all these and Helles and all this stuff and it was all f- I've never had fresh Hofbrau for the most part you know mm-hmm. it's never I've never had it in a in a place where it's so close to where it's made not like super close but obviously it didn't go over an ocean yeah uh, and it was really hot and we had I don't remember what we had done in the morning we I think we had went gone for a drive um, into the mountains and then drove back and then we went to the restaurant next to our hotel for lo- just a lunch and some pasta or like a sandwich um and we each got a half brow and it was hot and it was just so refreshing and good and fresh i had never had fresh half brow before and i was like this is so good oh my god it was so good it was in a fancy like well see that's yeah that's, that's, like, it's that's each- what it's about that's what it, you know you you remember that you're always going to remember yeah. that and you're always going to have those moments um, regardless of what you're drinking. And the fact yeah. that you remember it means that it was, it was the good. perfect that, beer yeah. for that moment. Yeah. And that's, I'm always telling people like pair, beer pairs really well with experience. Pair, yes. Pairs well with food, but beer also like where were you, what you were doing. And if you remember what you were drinking where you were, yeah, like just like you said, then it was worth it and why. Like and, worthwhile. And it would made the experience all the more enjoyable. And you're probably going to remember that more than what you paired it with, as far as food. I goes. don't remember what I had for lunch that yeah, day. Yeah, see, and I have no idea. I remember there was ice. It was gelato at the end, <laughs> um, but I don't remember. But I just remember that I can. It was like it was yesterday. It was so good having, and that was a lot of the food there is more rustic, much more like alpine inspired so there's a lot of like we went to a restaurant in the hills that was like rabbit and polenta and like yeah my husband liked the rabbit so much that he like it was like served in like a this like copper pan with gravy and he just like tipped it (laughs) he was just like drinking the gravy and i was like are you drinking the drippings and he was like it's so good and like a cheese plate and we had red wine and the label had like little like a child's drawing of like ducks on it and it was like in the tiramisu and it was just the food in Lake Como I almost liked more, yeah. which is, it's not, it's much more like a lot of fish, Yeah. a lot of like risotto, it's not pasta based, there's no yeah. pasta, 
um, you can get pasta. I had yeah, pasta once, but, but it's, it's not, not really authentic, you know. Because yeah. I, I think like anything, the Venice region and northward, it's like that's your. It's going to be yeah. more risotto and polenta and uh, legit classic Venetian food is like no Italian food. Mm-hmm. Deep fried sardines. You get a lot of like deep fried. Yeah, there was fish. a lot of like crazy, like a lot of like lake fish taking stuff from what was fresh at the time. Yeah. The restaurant in the hotel at the on the first floor of the hotel we stayed in. We ate there twice. It was so amazing. And it was fine dining. Like, I had to dress up to go there. Um, even though the, the hotel was like a, like a B&B, it wasn't like a fancy hotel by any means. It overhung the lake. We, oh. we had a balcony, and you were just like on the lake, and they'd have... Um, That's amazing. Um, you'd have like little Prosecco, and like we'd drink Prosecco every day when we got home from our... It was just so... Uh, Italian. <laughs> it was so Italian and lovely, and they like shook our hands when we checked out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we were like, we will. I was like, I want to come back here. Every time I saw people, were like, oh, I'm going to Lake Como. I'm like, you're gonna go to Darsena and you're gonna eat dinner there, and it's gonna be expensive, but it's gonna be that they had a meal. It's their son's restaurant. They just had this like dessert that was like uh, tiramisu. And it was in air quotes. And I was like, what does that mean? And it was like ice cream. And then they had like, there was like chunky, crunchy cookie bits inside of it. It was, I ordered it twice. It was so good. I was like, I want another one. Mm. Bring another one. <laughs> I like the, it was so good. Um, the food was like, it was just, it was awesome. Oh, those, it yeah, was that's... like, the, just the food in Italy is and the thing is, you can go to one part of Italy that's completely different. I've been to Italy before, but it was Tuscany and Florence, yeah, like ten years ago, and it was totally different. Did you go to Venice? I've been to Venice. When we were in Tuscany, we went to Venice, and like after two days, you're like, I get it. Your streets are made of water, and I'm lost. Exactly. Uh, no, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's like I, I, I basically stayed one night there when I was yeah. there, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. I'm good. Yeah, it's two like, nights. It's, you're like, it's, oh, yeah, two nights was good. I read the something like fifty-eight thousand people actually live there, and then. They get 22 million visitors a year, so it's That's like crazy. everything. Everything serves the tourist trade. Yeah, you can't even really get that much authentic Venetian food in Venice. You have to actually yeah. go about 20 miles outside the city for yeah, it because the, the people everyone's just eating lasagna. They want yeah, they want pizza and pasta, have. like I mean, red sauce have, yeah. pasta and pizza, and it's just like well, that's not Venetian, but that's yeah. you know they're they're catering to the tourist trade. Yeah. So. But the yeah the food was and then in uh, Positano. Which was beautiful and amazing, but it was very touristy. Even though we were there, like off season, mm. uh, you know, you'd be like running, you'd be like walking down the street, and you'd hear like someone with an American accent being like, "Becky, wait up!" And you were like, <laughs> yeah, "I didn't come all the way around moment. the world to hear like a bunch of Americans." Uh, but our hotel was beautiful. They they served us breakfast on our balcony every morning. Nice. So they like bring it in on a tray, and they like with a tablecloth and there was like you fill out a little form and it was part it was like included it wasn't like they did it for us it was for everybody had a balcony and you would eat on your balcony um and they would bring it in and there'd be like pastries and they would make you eggs if you wanted and it was just like it was awesome so yeah all right let's take it closer to home really quickly before we wrap up uh you are a What's the term? Is it Connecticutian? Is that what you call I don't, it? I don't. It's just a Connecticut resident. I don't think we really have you need, a... You need, I think, Ali, I'm going to start Connecticutian. That's going to be... That's fine. Yeah, that's, we don't really have any... Uh, 
it's a we're Connecticut residents. I think is what we call ourselves. We're very uh, we're the land of steady habits. We're very uh, we're a stubborn, um, terrible driving, um, but pleasant for the most part, and very sarcastic. We have a dry, very New England sensibility, and a lot of people like write off Connecticut. I call it the drive-through state because you drive through it to get to the better states. Um, but there's a Connecticut almost has. Every, everything that you would want in one state. You've got hills, so you've got like hiking, not like hills I'm looking at right now. Yeah, no. Legitimate mountains, but we have a beautiful, hilly countryside, farmland, Connecticut River, so there's like, you know, nice kayaking. Uh, we have the beat, we have the sound, so we have, and which part of it, if you get like old lime, eastern Connecticut has much nicer beaches because it's ocean, mm-hmm. so um, there's more waves and it's fresher than the sound. Um, we have really nice wide beaches. We've got... It's just a really, like... We have cities. We're really close to New York. We're really sandwiched. I am a, an hour and 45-minute drive to Boston or a two-hour drive to New York City. I mean, that's a great spot to be because you, yeah. you can do, like, a day trip to either one and it's really, not have to yeah. stay overnight if you don't really want to. And So as far as places to drink in your neck of the woods what are the top three places you would recommend um so there's ten, a place 10 minutes from my house called j timothy's tavern mm-hmm. j timothy's is in plainville which is like two like the town next to where i live in new britain so it's a town next to new britain and they recently renamed um some of the best wings in the kind like food network was there travel channel goes there all the time they make a wing buffalo wings called dirt style mm-hmm. which is they fry them, sauce them, and then fry them in the sauce. So they're extra crispy, and their buffalo sauce is amazing. And then they have 10 taps. They have 10 taps just for Connecticut beers where they, they rotate, and then they have 30 taps, which, like, they have, like, Rodenbach Grand Cru on all the time. They have Carmelite, like, Carmelite, like, triple, like, Belgian. Like, they have a really nice... Be- the only bar I've ever seen that has a permanent line of, of Sam Adams cherry wheat. Oh wow! I'm like, who's that for? <laughs> um, but then they always have a like chalkboard, which constantly changes, which are Connecticut beers, and they have um, stuff that's really hard to find, and you can get it there. They have a uh, Relic permanent line. Relic is a brewery down the street in Plainville that's really good. Mark is awesome. Um, they have Fox Farm Gather, which is a German pilsner on all the time. Fox Farm is probably without a doubt the best brewery in connecticut right now um their beers are uh, unbelievable and they can do lagers they do their new england ipas people treehouse sends people there that's mm-hmm. how good the beer is like treehouse is like oh we make good beers but if you want other good beers you should go to uh fox farm and they're on the eastern part of the state there in salem um their beers are oh, i I, like, help out there sometimes, and, like, I bring a jar, and I'll just fill a jar off the tap and bring it home, and, like, I'll just, um, when it was warm out, I would sit on my stoop and drink it, and it was just, like, oh, it was so nice. The beer is so good. Do you have a, a fall seasonal called Treehouse of Horrors? They don't. No, oh, they should. <laughs> uh, and then um, Fox Farm is really good. There's a brewery in Hamden called Counterweight. It's uh, Matt Westfall, who uh, worked at New England Brewing, which is, like, Sea Hag's kind of the, like, if we had to have a beer from our state that someone should drink, Sea Hag is it. New England, it's an IPA. It's very good. Um, it's actually, like, filtered. It's a little brown. It's very, like, easy drinking, 
and then he so he left started his own brewery and they do lots of pilsners they do they did a, they did a fest beer where like this is a fest beer this is an American it's a fest beer um, their beers are awesome and they're really really good so those are the places uh, micro is a really good beer bar in ham also in oh Hamden. I've actually been there yeah years ago but I've been they there. moved so they like bought an old like railroad station and it's oh. right on the uh, bike path there's like a bike path that goes up the state like the it's the Farmington Valley the canal trail mm. and it goes from New Haven all the way actually up to Massachusetts there's like weird spots where you're like driving and you're like or like you're on the bike and then you're like I don't know where yeah um, it goes into some weird neighborhoods too where you're like where am I um but um, their food's unbelievable, and their new spot's awesome. Big outdoor space, much more room. Micro was really small, the mm. old one. He turned the Mike, who owns Micro, own, turned the other location into a tequila bar called Texaco. Oh, interesting. Um, that I still haven't been to, but it looks amazing. The food is just so, so good. And that's like a great beer and food pairing place. So if you're ever going to come to Connecticut, those are like the places that I'm would recommend going to for beer um so yeah all right and that is a good place to wrap this Mm -hmm. up uh give us some uh promo stuff whatever you want to plug your your social media presence oh sure so um pints and panels is my website you can find that at pintsandpanels.com and then i'm also on instagram and twitter um at pints and panels and then my book is beer is for everyone of drinking age and it's available on amazon or wherever fine books are sold for the most part so yeah well cool and as always you can find me at jeff cialetti on twitter and drinkable globe on instagram and i've got the books to buy so buy buy, buy jeff's books god <laughs> damn it buy my books. <laughs> Uh, Drinkable Globe is coming up on its one year anniversary by that and uh, I have a new one coming out in February so uh, okay just remember the world is out there drink it up The Drinkable